Welcome to All In Sports. It is Thursday, October 17th, and we are absolutely sorry that we didn't get the podcast out yesterday or Tuesday, but unfortunately we cannot do this as our permanent jobs because we don't get paid to do it, and we actually have jobs we have to go to, so ipso facto, we had some stuff come up, here we are. Um, we're going to start the podcast with a little recap of Monday night's game between the uh, Packers and the Lions. Um, Brandon, got any takes on the game? <laughs> I think uh, my take is going to be right along with everybody else is that Detroit should have won that game. The refs, refs need to, they need to figure out something with these refs. Oh, yeah, there's... That call, that that hands to the face call on Flyers was wrong. That wasn't wasn't a good call. That that in typically like in in the whole game they lost lost Detroit the game with that first down call. It was a third and four, third and five, and and they they got that call on Flowers that illegal uh, use of hands to the face defense on that first down like. And I just put Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> they they held him out of the end zone, but that field goal from Mason Crosby, I think it was twenty three yards. That's a chip shot for him, and I lost him the game. Yeah, and it not only did they call that f- same flag on Trey Flowers once, they called it on him twice. And if you watch it, you can just you can see he has him by his, like his the collar of his shirt, just extending it, trying to get separation on, him, walking him back. I mean, there's no there, these refs have been doing it for forever, and they've been schooled on, and they went to a different, uh, like a referee meeting, and they went over it and everything like that. I mean, sometimes it just kind of makes you think maybe that the game's kind of fixed by the NFL or by, the refer- by like, the referees. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Matt Stafford wasn't bad, 18 to 32, 265. It's not his best game, but, I mean, he's not bad. He's, they're moving the ball. Uh Aaron Rodgers was 24-39 for 283, had two touchdown throws and an interception. And it it wasn't on a on paper, it was good, but uh Kieran Johnson was good for Detroit. I mean he had uh 13 carries for 34 yards. I mean they were running the ball or moving it. Uh they were Running the ball pretty good, and that's the refs. It was just a bad game. It was all over this week, though, too. It, it wasn't just the Monday night game. Right. I wasn't a, a big carry on Johnson fan when he came out of uh, Auburn. Like when you he, he would before you see some running backs before they hit the when they hit that hole they just just explode through, like with this like force like no other. You see Zeke Elliott hit that hole, or Saquon hit that hole. Or some of the other top running backs, they just take off. But he just kind of just maintained the same length of speed. He didn't have that like burst, and that's why I lost some guys. Thought he was a top tier back, me not so much. Uh, he had a pretty good rookie year, but this year he start. You're starting to see that. Um, receiving wise for uh, Detroit, you saw Mister Northern Illinois' Kenny Galladay, Mister Six Foot Four, uh, five touchdowns or five receptions for 121 yards. Um, but I mean. 
it's not, not really anyone else is stepping up. Hawkinson had four catches, which was good for 21 yards. But where's Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola? Yeah, they're normally the, the guys. Those those guys are normally putting up big numbers, and they weren't. Right. And Jamal Williams rushing, like, he had 14 attempts, 104 yards for Green Bay, and that's a, that's a good back. That's the kind of numbers I'd expect to see out of a – your number one running back, your number one guy. Absolutely. And uh, I believe it was last, last year or two years ago when uh, Green Bay's starting back went down, uh, you saw Jamal. Or you saw Jamal Williams get more of the touches, uh, not Aaron Jones. But yeah, Aaron Jones was only eleven for forty-seven. Yeah, I mean that's not bad, four point three average. But Aaron Jones was supposed to be the guy this year because they feel like they have he's more of a home run hitter. And then you see, he started out pretty hot, and then they threw that seam pass down the middle to him. Uh, coming hit for him coming out of the backfield, and he dropped it right in the end zone, which would have been a big game changer in the game. But and then they put Jamal Williams in. Jamal Williams just ran all over Detroit. And that was a that was a catchable ball. He just straight up just stone hand dropped that ball. That was a touchdown. That was a guaranteed touchdown. There was the the safeties, the backs covering were four or five yards off, and he was wide open, and he just drop that ball. Yeah, hit him right in the bread basket, as they say. Um, but, I mean, you gotta, you gotta make that catch. When you're that wide open, you have to haul that in. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that hurts them. Uh, that hurts Green Bay, I mean, they still came out the win, and Aaron Rodgers still put them where they needed to be, but... Yeah, and they came away with the win. Uh, the Packers' defense looked pretty good as usual. Um, but, I mean, it would, that should have been Detroit's game to win. Um, they gave that, literally gave that game, game away. <laughs> the refs don't help. And I know the internet right now is blowing up over these refs in the NFL right now. This how bad it's been. All weekend long, it was like that. Every game, there was calls that shouldn't have been called. And then I watched a hit. I can't. I can't remember who. It was. All, it was Detroit hitting. I want to say it was Williams, and he was tied up. And they came in and they helmet to helmet. I mean, he wasn't going anywhere. And the refs didn't call that like a targeting defenseless like runner. I guess it wouldn't have been a receiver, but. They didn't call that as a personal problem. It was a helmet-to-helmet hit, and they just missed that. But they were going to call these hands to the face or this stuff. And I, I think the the new rule with the horse collar, like tackling, uh, when you tackle like quarterbacks for say normally is when you get this call. But them bringing the horse collar down from just the collar to inside his shoulder pads, I don't think that's the right call. Oh, absolutely not. Because, I mean, you don't want you try you don't want these quarterbacks getting hit below the knees. You don't want them getting hit in the head. You don't want the linebackers right getting when they get sacked. You don't want the players falling on them. How, what are you supposed to do? Just circle up around them like you do on the practice squad and say, "Gotcha." Yep. Like, right on the shoulders. <laughs> that, that's what it's coming to. You're not even allowed to touch the shoulder pads anymore. You almost you can't. Like, how are you supposed to get like a? 
strip sack or stop him from throwing that ball. I mean, good quarterbacks, like when Ben's in there, Ben's a big guy. He stands up, you tackle him around the waist, you don't bring him down. He's going to chuck that ball. Tom Brady, Tom Brady's going to score a touchdown on you. He's going to launch that ball. Aaron Rodgers do the same thing. He's going to launch that ball. He's going to complete those passes. Right. So, I, I don't know. I, I think the refs, I don't know, something needs to be done. The rules, I understand the player's safety and all that, but when it starts to affect just the play of the game in general, it's not, I don't think it's the right call. I agree. But, uh, well, other than, other than that, I mean, another thing that was blowing up the headlines this past week was the, I mean, it's not even week eight. It's not even coming up on week eight yet for the trade deadline, but some couple of trades happened this week. And one of the big ones is the first one we saw really was Marcus Peters getting traded to Baltimore for Kenny Young and an under undisclosed draft pick. Now, I remember most people remember Marcus Peters from his days in Kansas City where he was actually on pace to be the all-time interceptions leader. And he, he went to a couple Pro Bowls. And I think most people remember for throwing that flag in the stands in the middle of that game. And he ended up walking off the field, but the game wasn't quite over yet. And then they had enough of him in Kansas City, and the Rams were like, hey, man, we'll take him. So they went and traded for him, and then you had uh, him opposite Aqib Tlaib, and they went to the Super Bowl, and the... The big thing about that trade is Marcus Peters, I believe, is on the last year of his deal. But you put him in Baltimore's defense opposite of Marlon Humphreys, who's one of the top corners in football. And if you can get Marcus Peters, I mean, he was having an okay, pretty good year. But if you can get him playing up to his top-tier potential, they'd be playing in Kansas City opposite Marlon Humphreys. And then you, maybe Jimmy Smith comes back healthy. You get him out there. You got Brandon Carr and Anthony Everett. And then you got... Earl Thomas back there. That's a hell of a secondary. And I've also heard rumors about maybe like an Eric Berry or something like that signing with uh, Baltimore. That's a scary-ass secondary. Yeah, and uh, Marcus Peters, he's already got two interceptions this year and a touchdown off of one. I mean, his he has his, in his career, he has he's played 67 games and he's had 35 or 24 interceptions. So, Almost half of his games, he gets an interception almost every game. Absolutely, he's a, he's a he's always going to be a threat back there. Um, Two-time Pro Bowler. I mean, it's a good guy to have back there. You you match that with, I think you put that with you get Baltimore's defense to where their offense is pretty good, and I think the last couple of weeks they've kind of struggled, but I, I think they're starting to find their rhythm back again, and. You put that together. That's a that's going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, and they I think they have a two game lead in the North right now because Cleveland. I mean Cleveland beat them, and then now Cleveland's uh, just dropping games right and left, and their schedule's not getting any easier. Not till later on. And then no, it's uh, yeah the Ravens are two games up over the Steelers and the Browns right now with a four and two record. Two. Uh, Right. And then on October 8th, we saw another trade go down. And that was uh, Zay Jones to the Raiders for a fifth-round pick. And I remember first seeing Zay Jones in the uh, 
I think it was the East-West, North, North, East-West Shrine game, I believe. It was either that or the uh, uh, Reese's Senior Bowl. And he just tore it up. I mean, he just looked awesome, fastest, fastest, best player, fastest guy on the field, just all over the place. And you go back watch his film from East Carolina, he just dominated. And he went to Buffalo, and Buffalo hasn't had the best quarterback play in recent years. I mean, Josh Allen's an up-and-coming guy, but he just... Zay Jones is one of those guys, he's kind of bigger, like a thicker guy. And I, he could be a really good wide receiver, but he just didn't fit in Buffalo's system. Buffalo likes those little short guys, the speedy guys, hit them on the run type type of guys. And uh, they brought in, like, uh, like Cole Beasley and... Uh, Couple a couple other guys to that fit that description, and he just kind of got lost in the in the uh, in the mesh or in the crossfire essentially. But I think with Oakland, he's going to get a fresh start. Derek Carr's good quarterback has the highest completion percentage in football right now, and Oakland's playing damn good football. And only give him a fifth for a guy like that. It's gonna be a big pickup for him. Yeah, and this year already he's and he's only seven for sixty nine yards. I mean it's not right. I think you're right. I think he needs to go somewhere that they're gonna utilize him. Absolutely. And I, I think especially now that he's at Oakland, I mean they lost like Antonio Brown's situation. I mean they they could definitely use some guys guys out there for Derek Carter to throw too. Absolutely. Uh, another big trade that went, or not, it's not even really a big trade, but uh, former uh, Browns second round pick, 33rd overall, uh, it was set to be, he was going to be the next guard uh, opposite of Bonato, but he just didn't pan out. And he, he got moved to center in Cleveland, and then Cleveland just like, you know what, we're not, it's not worth paying this guy. And they ended up moving him to the Rams. And the Rams could use a lot, little, a lot of interior help on their offensive line, and they basically got him for nothing. Um, but I mean, the big trade this week was former Florida State corner Jalen Ramsey of the Jaguars got traded to the Rams for a first-round pick in 2020, a second-round pick or a first-round pick in 2021. And a fourth-round pick in 20, 2021. I mean, this is the first two first-round pick, first pick trade we've seen since Khalil Mack. Um, but Jalen Ram, Ramsey versus Marcus Peters. Jalen Ramsey, you're going to take every time. He's a big corner. He runs fast. He makes plays in the ball. He's just, just a straight-up playmaker. And uh, I mean, if you're with the Rams... I mean, you have a chance to do something, but it's not looking good for them so far. They dropped a couple games, um, and they need—they just need—they—they just went all in essentially, because now they don't have a first-round pick for the next two years. But I mean, they've done that last did that last year. They went—they traded for Brandon Cooks, and uh, you see how that worked out. So essentially, they're really all in on this team. Uh, I mean, first round picks. Yeah, you want those top guys, but at the same time, they're trading their these those first round picks. They're picking up guys that have been in the league, that have been trained up in the league, that played in the league. You no, know? I mean, pick up Jalen Ramsey, 
mean, he's a two-time pro bowler. And, I mean, the Rams drop into three and three now. They're third in the division behind the unbeaten 49ers. And then Seattle's, Seattle's uh, one game back. I mean, I think picking up the – getting rid of those trades, yeah, it, I think it could hurt them, but – they're also they're getting these guys that they don't have to necessarily train up in the league. I mean, it's a big step from college to the NFL, and you're getting these guys that have played and they know what's going on. I was honestly sometimes it'd be worth it to take these guys over your fresh those fresh guys that are coming in. Oh, absolutely. Well, you can look at first round picks. It's it's just like, I mean, it's it's a it's a fifty fifty thing. I mean, you could either hit on them or miss on them. I mean, it's like. It's like it's like when you're drunk, essentially. You get real drunk, it's 50-50, or you're going to have to put your bed at that night. So, I mean, it's just like what it is. I mean, you could draft another you could draft another Jalen Ramsey in the draft, or you could draft a guy maybe like a uh, Morris Claiborne or uh, Justin Gilbert. Or, you just don't know. It's a 50-50 thing. You either hit or miss. And you're going to trade two 50-50s for a 100. I mean, that's a pretty... Yeah, you, you know what you know what Jalen Ramsey can do. You know how he's going to play. Right. You know what he's going to bring to your team. So, I mean, I think I think they're, they're making the right call right now. I mean, I think that's, that's a good choice for them, especially this year dropping these three games already. I mean, you're looking at a Rams team that was good, really good last year. Makes the Super Bowl, ultimately is New England, but they're not. They don't look like that team. Right. I mean, they, I th- I think that it could be a big time upgrade for them. But I mean, the, another big story is the Jaguars are just a sinking ship, man. I mean, you look back at 20, 2017... They were in the AFC Championship game against the New, Eng- New England freaking Patriots. And now they're, what, 500? Two, two, two and four they are now. Um, but, I mean, you look what, look what they did. That I mean, look at their, look how, we're going to do a little story time, as we call it, a little, uh, all in sports story time. So get your pillows, get your blankets, get your popcorn, get your whiskey, whatever your drink of choice is, hot cocoa, or a little Chardonnay, and get all cozied up next to the campfire. We're gonna have it. We're gonna go back to 2017. Now let's go. Before we go to 2017, we're gonna start with 2016. They had Gus Bradley at the helm, and what he wanted to do in Jacksonville, he came from Seattle. So he's like, "Hey man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna form this team just like I did my uh, Seattle Seahawks." And you look, you look at the roster he had. He had uh, he brought over guys like, uh, oh yeah, he had like Paul Puslesny, uh they drafted Miles Jack that year. They had Telvin Smith. Uh, 
they they had in previous years they had guys like Chris Clemens coming over from Seattle. They had Red Bryant. Uh, and they just they just went in and took guys from Seattle, brought them over to Jacksonville. So we're gonna we're gonna run that we're gonna run that four three defense with press corners, and they put in our first and second down. We're gonna have big Red Bryant, big former Texas A and M Aggie, three hundred pound guy, out on the tackle and stop the run on that side. And essentially, what happened was is. Seattle realized, man, these guys are getting old. We're going to let them go. And Jackson was like, oh, we'll take them. And they went up, and they got, we're looking to get a quarterback. We like, wish we had Big Ben, a guy like Big Ben. And in the 2014 draft, a guy named Blake Bortles was coming across the draft board from UCF. Big arm, big, thick body, six foot five, 240 pounds. Throws missiles down the field. We're like, oh man, this he's young Big Ben. We gotta get this guy. They bring him in. And he had an okay rookie campaign. Uh he he threw eleven touchdowns, seventeen interceptions. You don't expect a lot of rookie quarterback. The next year, he comes in and starts just throwing missiles. 4,428 yards, 35 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, a little high, 7.3 average. Not bad. But you started seeing the, like, the, change into the change of the guard. And then 2017 comes around. You got your quarterback at Blake Bortles. And then you're in the draft. I mean, you don't have, you don't have a very good record, and you're in the draft, and... Big running back from LSU comes across the board under the name of Leonard Fournette. He was one of the top high school players in the country going into college. And you're like, man, let's get our downhill thumper. T.J. Yeldon is just not it. And they go out and they draft that big back. And all excited, and then they decide. I mean, the whole Red Brian and all the Seahawks guys came up, but we're gonna get guys similar to him. But before I go there, after 2016 season, Gus Bradley's not getting the job done. I mean, they're having losing season after losing season after losing season after losing season, and they said, you know what, we're gonna fire you week 15. We're going to promote our offense coordinator by the name of Doug Marone. Good old Dougie comes in. Finish out the season pretty strong. Strong. They say, hey, I'm going to get guys that fit this scheme. But we're going to get guys that can still play. And they go out, dish out $60 million over four years to get the former Arizona Cardinal and Miami Hurricane Calais Campbell. And we're going to put him on the outside to stop that run. But... They later found out Calais Campbell could also rush the passer. And they went out and drafted a guy to play opposite him uh, in Unique Ngakwe. And they also had a guy they drafted the previous year named Dante Fowler Jr. from Florida. So you got a pass rush like no other. And then the, yeah, and they drafted Jalen Ramsey that year. And then they decided, we're going to put someone opposite Jalen Ramsey. 
and they go out and the guy from Houston had a pretty had an up and coming year, had some interceptions from from uh, South Florida. And AJ Boye, give him sixty seven point five million dollars over five years. All right, well we're still coming on, and then a former cowboy hits the free agent market. We need a guy that's gonna smack people. Jonathan Ciprian just didn't pan out. We drafted him in the second round. He's not the guy. We need a thumper. And a guy named Barry Church hits the free agent market. And he's a big improvement over Ciprian. So they signed a four-year deal worth $24 million. And then he said, hey, you know what? We need somebody to protect our quarterback. They go out and sign Brandon Albert. Or traded for Brandon Albert for a tw- for a seventh round pick. I believe they brought him over from uh, Kansas City. He's going to be a big addition. They got inside a special teams guy, Levante McCray, linebacker. He's a big upgrade. They signed Earl Watford to play along the line. And you see these big upgrades they had along their along their team, and then they're like, "All right, I think we're ready to go." Well, they had finished the season, ended up making the wild card game that year. Oh, uh, they also drafted Cam Robinson with uh, Leonard Fournette. I forgot about him. And Dwayne Smoot and D.D. Westbrook. And they're like, all right, let's get this ball, let's get this ball rolling. And they come out and come out and uh, put up a strong showing. Finish 10 and 6, first in the AFC South. And they go out and line up for the wild card game. And they play Buffalo. Play pretty good game. Fournette has a huge game. Win ten to three. Then the next week, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I said, "Oh man, this is gonna be this be a pretty good game." Jacksonville comes out and runs all over Pittsburgh. Bortles is throwing touchdown passes down the middle. I think Ben Koyak had a pretty good game that week, and the tight end uh, just came out and just beat up on Pittsburgh, and they beat them 45-42. Jalen Ramsey had a huge game that game. I think he had two or two interceptions that game, I believe. Next week, they come out and play New England. They're up on them, 20 to 17. But you know, a guy named Tom Brady showed up and. Got the job done. And I mean, they had Pro Bowlers, Jalen Ramsey, Boye, Calais Campbell, Ngakwe. Malik Jackson had a big year. They signed him back in 2016. And, uh, I mean, they're just on a high like no other. And then 
the next year, they come out huge expectations. They went out and signed Andrew Norwell to block for Fournette. Um, I mean, they went out and tried to upgrade things, but I mean, just the season just went downhill. There was a thing about the secondary going out and partying before games, Barry Church going out and partying and everything like that. And uh, they ended up uh, go ahead and uh, letting uh, Barry Church go. And it just started downfalling for him. And it just hasn't been the same since 2017. Um, yeah, they finished 2017 or 20, 2018 with a record of five and or five and eleven with the last place in the AFC South. And you see where they're at this year. They're at two and four. I mean, if they don't get it together, I think it could be Doug Marone's last year. Yeah, we've already had a lot of coaches being done this year. <laughs> we got Jay Gruden getting fired from the Redskins. Talks of Mike Tomlin leaving, potentially getting going to possibly going to take over Jay's spot with Washington. I mean, there's a lot going on with coaches, and there's got to be a fall guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the ha- that's what happens when you don't. Your team doesn't live up to your expectations. I mean, you go out and sign a, another Pro Bowl offensive lineman from Carolina, Norwell, who's ex- expected to be him and Lindor in the middle. are supposed to just maul people. And they just haven't got the job done. You have all these blocking tight ends. A.J. Kahn's supposed to be good, really good. They drafted Juwan Taylor this year. Cam Robinson, left tackle. Um... Their defensive line's still pretty good. I mean, Ngakwe's not playing like he used to. And, um, obviously, uh, uh, Smith, the outside linebacker, he's not even playing this year. He just said, I need some time away. So, I mean. Uh, I'll have to figure something out. Cause it's, I mean, it's only, it's only week seven. I mean, there's still, there's still time to turn it around, but, I mean, Jags got a pretty decent schedule leading up here to the end, so. Right, and you, I mean, you know, you know Jalen Ramsey was gone at the beginning of the year. When he comes pulling up the uh, tr- uh, training camp in a freaking Brinks truck, <laughs> that doesn't look good for your, as like a leader on your team, you're supposed to be a leader of the team, you're ready to come to work, not be worried about getting... A shitload of money. Yeah, I mean, they got a pretty decent schedule. I mean, they, they play the Bengals this week. So, I mean, that's not uh, – that shouldn't be – that should be – that should be their game. Yeah, should be. They're coming back in the next week, 27th. They're playing the Jets with Darnold being back and the way they look. I mean – Awesome. They have a, if they play the way they did last weekend – they're going to be a challenge for New England for sure. I don't know if they'll win that game, but we'll see what the Jets do there. And then the Jags are Texans, the Colts, that running game, the Titans. 
got the Bucks, the Chargers, the Raiders, and they got the Falcons. I mean, there's pretend, there's a lot of places in this schedule still that they could come out with some wins and turn this season around. Yeah, we'll see how Mr. Mustache from Washington State does this does this next couple games. <laughs> Foles is going to be coming back here soon. So what? Do you, I mean, what do you do? You put this former Super Bowl MVP, put Big Dick Nick back in, or do you stick with the Mustache man? Uh, I think it's going to depend on how these next couple games go. I mean, I think Nick is your starting quarterback. I mean, he won that spot at the beginning of the season. I, I think. I mean, I think they're going to put him back in. I think that's who they're going to go with. But they're going to have to take a good look and see what's going on. Jaguars winning games. I mean, oh, I mean Carol- Carolina's in that same position. Yeah. I think Cam Newton's as good as gone. Yeah, I mean, Cam, they're 4-0 without him. I mean, how do you come back in, take a team that's four, that's won four games while you were gone when they weren't – if they were uh, one and three before that, yeah, and they lost with the, him. No, they're zero oh and three. They had, Cam Newton's lost his last nine games as a starting quarterback for the Panthers. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see them putting him back in. I, they just picked up Nick. Nick got hurt. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. It's hard to take. I, I think it's two different situations, but it's the same boat. Yeah, but where does where, who do they trade Cam Newton to though? Honestly, I, I could definitely see a uh, Andrew Luck situation out of Cam Newton. I mean, you think he's done? I, I I think he's done. He's talked about he's talked about how beat up he is and how hurt he is. I mean, what what do you do with that? I mean, that's where Andrew Luck was when he walked away right before the start of the season. He said, "I'm just beat up." I mean, look, look at uh, Gronkowski. Same thing. I'm just beat. I'm 27 year old that is just beat up. And he walked away. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, this league is – these guys are big, they're fast, and they, they hit you. I mean, I think he can only take so many hits, and he doesn't have the – Cam Newton doesn't have the line up front to protect him the way that New England protects Tom Brady. And, uh, like, he can't do that. I mean, you can see that the way that's hurt, like uh, – Kansas City, and look how hurt he, uh, Mahomes is there just this last couple games. You can tell he's not playing so many. His line's not doing anything for him. Right, when they spend he's all that getting money beat on, up. Yeah, spent all that money on Hill and Kelsey and defense, and their defense is god-awful. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, their defense is nothing nothing good. Yeah, and if you start I mean, to, Yeah, go ahead. No, you're good. And if you start – there's a trend in the NFL. You look at, like, these teams – with, like, big-name players and stuff like that. You look who's successful right now. It's the teams with the offensive line. Look at San Francisco. They got uh, Joe Staley. They got Mike McGlinchey. They got uh, uh, Lakin Tomlinson, who's a former first-round pick. Uh, I think Richburg's their center, I believe. Uh, he, he's having a good good year. I mean, they, they have a lot of money invested in their offensive line, a lot of high draft picks invested in their offensive line. Uh, you look at New England. They got Tooney. They got uh, Wynn's gonna be coming back. They got Newhouse in their plane temporarily. He's holding holding up. Marcus Cannon. You got David Andrews. Uh, you got a lot of you got a lot of depth 
even though they have some injuries. I believe Andrews is hurt right now, but they've got a lot of depth and stuff on their offensive line. And uh, you see the teams like like a Pittsburgh or like a Kansas City or, I mean, a lot of the teams that aren't achieving uh, San Diego. What's killing them is the offensive line. Look at Rivers. He's getting hammered every every freaking game because he, he's a great quarterback, but he can't he can't make plays if by the time the receiver's breaking out of your route, you're already on your freaking back. So. Man, Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's never made it to a Super Bowl. Never won a Super. Never won a Super Bowl. Right, and it's because they don't have they don't they put all their money on like defense, and like wide receivers, but they need to invest in some offensive line. I don't understand why Trent. No one's traded for Trent Williams. Trent Williams is one of the best player, best tackles in football. I know he's a little older, but you know if you put him at left tackle, you don't have to worry about that side. No, you know he's gonna be there. You know he's gonna he's gonna have your quarter like your back. Absolutely. But I mean, I that's just this, that's just a theme in the NFL. Now, uh, and well, I mean, we'll see that we'll see tonight how uh, uh, that uh, the, the Kansas City offensive line holds up. Yeah, against it. I mean, I don't think yeah. I don't think Denver has a very solid team, but their defense, their defense can be dangerous. Right, and I believe Kansas City is one of the worst rushing defenses in football, and Philip Lindsay's having a pretty decent year. I mean, you wouldn't expect it much out of him, but he's he's all right. Flacco, you don't never know with Flacco. Flacco could come out for four interceptions and could throw four touchdowns. Um, but I mean, Denver's. I mean, you got Vaughn Miller. He's only had he's got his lowest so, sack total of his career. He's at two and a half sacks this year. He's gonna be coming up, just pissed as hell trying to get to that quarterback. And Bradley Chubb's out or hurt. He's done for the year. But you know, Vaughn Mil- Vaughn Miller's no slouch, man. I don't double team him, triple team him. He's gonna be coming off that edge, and. uh Demarcus Walker, I believe he's going to be filling in for uh, Bradley Chubb. He's no slouch either. He's a big-time player at uh, Florida State. But uh, I, I could see, I mean, I could see Denver. It's in Denver. That elevation's higher. You could always, I could see Denver knocking off the Chiefs. Yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. <laughs> I mean, Especially the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. I mean, Mahomes isn't himself, and I think that's hurting them big time. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pick him on the football pool, but, I mean, you never know. Uh, so let's let's do our pick-ems for this week. Um, so who you got in the game tonight? Um, I, I'm going to say it's in Denver. I'm going to have to go with Denver. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Rams, Falcons. Uh, Rams. I'm gonna take the Rams as well. Jalen Rams gonna be all over the whole year. Yeah. Buffalo, Miami. Buffalo. No brainer, Buffalo. Jags, Bengals. I'm gonna the Jags on that one. And also take the Jags. Little Menchu magic. Zero and seven for the Bengals. 
Vikings at Lions. I'm gonna say the Lions. I I think the Lions. I think they're gonna be pissed off, and I think they're gonna. I, I know the Vikings look good. I mean, Diggs Diggs definitely stepped up. Um, I, I think I just don't know. I think the Lions are coming off that loss. Uh, Monday, I think I think I'm gonna have to go with the Lions. I will also take the Lions. I think key matchups can be Darius Slay on Adam Thielen. Uh, Raiders Packers. Uh, I'm gonna have the Packers. I think John Gruden's got his boys playing good. Big Josh Jacobs game. I'm taking the Raiders. What about the Chargers or the Titans? Uh, Tannehill starting for the Titans. He sucks, so I'm taking the Chargers. <laughs> I'll take the Chargers as well. What about the Saints at the Bears? I will take the Saints. They're playing too good right now. All right, the Saints. Uh, Ravens in Seattle? I will take the Seattle Seahawks over the Baltimore Ravens. I'll take the Seahawks. Uh, Patriots at the Jets. Patriots. I'm going to take the Jets. I think the Jets are going to knock them off. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Cowboys, Eagles. I'm going to uh, – it's in Dallas. Hmm. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Eagles' defense steps up. I think I think the Eagles are gonna win it. Big Zeke game, but Eagles still win by a field goal. How about 49ers, Redskins. No brainer. We go with the 49ers. Oh, absolutely. Cardinals, Giants. <laughs> I think the Giants are gonna win. I don't know. I think New York gets this one. I agree with you. Colts, Texans. Look at the Colts. They're at home. They're running game. I think I think the Colts. I think Watson's heating up. You got Watt on defense. I'm taking the Texans. Any uh, college football, big time college football games going on this weekend? Mm, couple. Well, unranked teams. You got Pitt, Syracuse. That's a pretty decent rivalry there. It's in Syracuse. Yeah, I'm taking Syracuse. I'll take Syracuse. Ohio State visiting Northwestern. Unranked Northwestern. Ohio State. <laughs> Game I think everyone's uh, eyes are going to be on this weekend is uh, good old Michigan and Penn State. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be a close game, but I'm going to take Penn State. It's in Penn State. in Happy Valley. Talk about 100,000 Penn State fans are complete white out. I'm going to take Penn State. I'm going to take Michigan because – we were Penn State. <laughs> I think we are Penn State. Yeah, I have been Penn State since Paterno up. I think. Now, I think, what about the biggest upset of the week? Biggest upset of the year. Tennessee taking on Alabama. I ain't going to be no upset. Alabama. <laughs> no, it's going to be Alabama. Roll Tide. How about Arizona State and Utah? I think I think Arizona State's gonna pull this one out. I think Herm I, Edwards is gonna have those boys going. Arizona State. Mm. About number twelve, Oregon taking on number twenty-five, Washington. This is a yeah, this is a game that comes down to field goals in the end every time. Yep. 
Justin Herbert. It's in Washington. Justin Herbert's too good going to Oregon. I say I, Oregon looks the best, and I think they're going to play the best. How about uh, Florida? Here's going to be the upset game. Florida or South Carolina? <laughs> I think South Carolina. I do, too. We got Auburn at Arkansas. I think Auburn's taking that one. Oh, for sure. I th- I think that they'll run take take them take them back to the woodshed. As it say. How about Kentucky in Georgia? Uh, Georgia's coming off a loss. So, I'm going Georgia. I got Georgia on that one. And a lot of unranked games. There's no, I don't think there's any good upset games really this week. Yeah. We got Purdue at Iowa. Uh, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, an unranked game tonight, uh, UCLA at Stanford. I'm going to go Chip Kelly's UCLA. I'm going to take UCLA on that. I think they're playing good this year. Well, I think that's it for the day. You got anything else to say, Brandon? Uh, I think Houston Astros are going to win the game tonight against the Yankees and take the series, and they're going to play the Nationals in the, for the pennant. Yeah, all I can say is go Yankees. Well, <laughs> like a good neighbor, all in sports is there. But I still don't think we can use that ah, one. <laughs> I'm getting close. We're getting there. We're getting close. We'll All figure right. it out. All right, we'd like to thank you for listening to the All In Sports Podcast. We'll try to get it out at normal time next week, and we uh, thank you for listening. Have a good one.